Hey, what's going on? This is DJ Sports. Uh, I got another new episode today talking about episodes five and six of The Last Dance with Bobby Mesession and Christian Manal. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Yeah, sure. No Good to be on. Uh, and remember, you can catch us on Twitter at DJ Sports Pod um, or the email, which is at DJ Sports Podcast at gmail.com. So be sure if you have any questions, reach us out and we'll answer them on the show. Uh, but yeah, before we get into it, uh, we have our beer segment. I believe you guys do not have your beer today, so I'll just be doing this solo. Mm-hmm. I have a St. Archer Mexican Lager. I didn't know beer segments were on Monday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this show must go on. So, <laughs> St. Archer Mexican Lager. Um, Dang, so, you're just going to drink all of it right now? Chill, chill. <laughs> So this this is a kind of like a, a Modelo. I would compare it to like a Modelo Dos Equis. It has like the, you know, the classic Mexican taste, but it's kind of like a craft beer version of that. Um, St. Archer from San Diego. Pretty solid, okay. solid brewery. I uh, like the can. It's a nice color. Um, and yeah, bottle down there. I recommend this like good for day drinking. Interesting. You do it a lot, Dev? <laughs> a lot uh, of day not- not, not really, uh, since I've been home. <laughs> um, but yeah, enough of my drinking habits. Uh, let's get into this. <laughs> so we're going to, as we know, that the documentary jumps around a little bit. So we're going to just go in order, start from 92, go down to 93, and then back to 98. Um, so let's start with, um, with the shoe deal that he had. Um, in the documentary, MJ said that he wanted to sign with Adidas, and he didn't even want to meet with Nike and he wasn't going to, but his mom had to convince him. So just right off the top, like we already know how influential uh, Jordan's shoes were and, and things like that, but it was so close to not even happening. Um, Bob, what are your thoughts about that? You know, what was that? Just on how um, I didn't really, you kind of skipped on the last part of your question, but your um, was it just Adidas and how they um, messed that up? That yeah. Yeah. It's just like Adidas could, said they couldn't even have a shoe. Um, and just, yeah, just talk about that and, like, how Adidas goofs big time. Yeah, and, I mean, the fact that they didn't even give him an offer was, like, just shocking. You know, like, it's just pure mishap on their part. They should have at least given him an offer because if they would have done that, he probably would have signed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then shout out to Nike. They just saw the saw the moment and gave him, like, the biggest rookie deal or something, right, like 500000 a year. So I, be- I believe it was 200. Definitely a money move on their part and really just took. It was like 250. Yeah, 250. Oh, it was? It was like okay. 250, yeah. Um, but, okay. you know, Adidas was going to offer them, I think. Yeah, they were going to offer them, but the thing is that Adidas There's didn't no have shoe. a shoe ready for them. Yeah. That was a big problem. Oh, okay. Like, you just wanted a shoe line like at, from the jump, right? Right. I think and you got to keep like, in mind, like, that was that was – that was unheard of during that time, you know, like it's not like now where it kind of happens. You see it more often, but back then, like you just like demanding that for an unproven, it, it's almost unheard of. You, yeah. you don't even see it now. You know what I mean? So, um, you saw the segments that, that's where crazy like, that they were going for that. Yeah. You saw the segments like, where like the, all of the people that were in commercials and stuff were like tennis players and golfers. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a basketball player that was doing that, you know? Yeah. And Jordan wasn't Jordan. Yeah, he hadn't played a second. Jordan in, uh, wasn't Jordan. He hadn't yeah. played yet. 
Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. Just um, the small thing that, you know, just changed how we look at, like, sports and athletes advertising as a whole. No, yeah. No, because, like, for – I think for us, mainly, we're, we're growing up, we're like, wow, like, everyone wants these Kobe's and stuff like that. Like, that's when we thought, like, oh, like, this guy's taking the shoe, shoe game over. But Jordan, back in – they showed a great example of how much he really took over the world with his shoe. Right. Like, Air, Air Jordan was – Everyone just, I mean, today, when everyone's still trying to cop the Jordans. So. Yeah, uh, to this day, it's still, like, you know, one of the most popular shoes on earth, which is pretty crazy to think about, like, 30 years later. Yeah. He's I a mean, trendsetter without being one. Yeah, dude, his swagger from the jump was just, like, everyone wanted that. That's just, like, that Jordan-like swagger. And he just, he was, a, I think, the perfect, just marketable athlete. You know, he was charismatic. He was pretty good-looking. Um <laughs> And, you know, he just, he wasn't too tall where, like, you know, people were, like, couldn't really relate to him. He was, like, a shooting guard where, like, you're, like, oh, you know, I could see myself playing like that on the court. Like, he wasn't, like, a center, you know, who was just, you know, in the post backing people down. Like, he had a, a really cool style of basketball. So, I think he was just, like, the, a perfect combination of of all those things that, which really led to, you know, the Jordan brand that we see today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Nike did their part, too, though. Like, those shoes were hot. Right, right. Tinker, so, Tinker. Uh, yeah, Tinker, the mastermind behind it all. Wait, so, but the thing I don't understand is how he played in his shoes, like feet bleeding and dropped, like, what did they say? 50, like, 55. 55? 55, like, yeah. Yeah, in the garden. Um, he, said, <laughs> he said both yeah. of his feet were covered in blood. That's that's crazy. That's wild. Um, so let's jump to the 92 finals. Um, before the finals, it's the Blazers, the Bulls. Um, and everyone's comparing Clyde Drexler to Michael Jordan. And I mean, I, I'm sure like as basketball fans, we knew that this was, uh, you know, something that was talked about in 92. And then you could just see how MJ felt about that comparison. And uh, Christian, just talk about his mentality going into game one of that finals. I think it was his mentality and, and everything. He's just trying to you know, kill or be killed in a way. And I think, he just wanted to create his own motivation. I don't even think that that whole Drexler thing was like that big of a deal, but I think he wanted it to be a big deal to kind of say, I'm going to kill you. You know, I think he did it multiple times and in ways, and he's just going to find motivation to, to just win and, and to make you look dumb. I mean, he did it in the Olympics. He did it in any fight. I was like, mm-hmm. against Dan Marley. He did it against Drexler. Like, it's almost like he's looking for something now. And uh, I think that's just a testament to how competitive he is. Yeah, it's like if even if there wasn't anything there, he would just make something up just to, like, give him some fuel. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't yeah. think Clyde Drexler is this – I'm a rah-rah guy who's going to talk all this noise. And, yeah. And I don't think that's his personality at all. I He's think like more of a low-key dude. Just com- yeah, I, just, I think Jordan just wanted to completely annihilate him. Yeah, he's just like disrespected on how you could even put him in the same sentence as me. So the Bulls beat the Blazers yeah, think... second straight title. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. So they put the Blazers to second straight title in six games. Um, I thought it was really interesting that um, during the their celebration right after the game, you, if you guys remember, there's a video of Jerry Krause talking to a reporter and he's like, yeah, what a great organization this is, you know, from the top, uh, from Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, just a great organization. Oh, yeah. And he's like, the players are great too, but I mean, just what a great organization. That's what makes it so special. 
And like, yeah. you know, you could just feel uh, there was definitely a divide. Like you can even feel it back then um, between the players and the and the management. Um, but yeah, what did you, what did you guys think about that? Just seeing Kraus, like having that kind of like a strange, uh, kind of a strange like, interview, yeah. to be honest. No, yeah, that guy was that guy's shitty, dude. I would hate for him to be my boss, dude. Just just the way like how they showed him throughout like just throughout the years of him being their leader, he was just time and time again just disrespecting him and not like giving them which like which which they deserved like the respect and he just never gave it to them it was just sad <laughs> yeah it's honestly unfortunate because he did pass away and I, I would love to hear his side of the of the story but um because i think it would have been a good addition to the documentary but obviously we can't what are you gonna say christian that was that was interesting because i think I, I didn't see it as that when i saw that I, I didn't think of it as while well, he's just talking about ordination, which is a, which is a good point. I actually thought he was, that was a, one of his more humbling points. I mean, he's had really some bad looks in this whole documentary, but I actually thought that was actually a good one because he was naming the equipment manager. He was naming it from Reinsdorf, and then it went down to the to the management, and then the players, and then he named the equipment manager. I I didn't think it was I didn't think that was one of his worst. He's had worse moments. I think that was a uh, I don't know if I was able to sense the tension there. I thought that um, he was more, that was actually one of her, his better looks. But again, mm-hmm. nothing's going to save his look. I think this documentary was, is based off how much he was hated. A lot of it yeah. is fueled yeah, by yeah. that. Like almost <laughs> everything goes back to Jerry Crowley. Yeah, yeah, um, no, 100%, dude. It just um, like, kind of showed where his mind was at that moment, which kind of threw me off. Like, yeah, because like, I think he just didn't get enough pre- credit to his players. Um, cause he's like, oh yeah, the players are good too, but like this organization is what really, you know, drives it. And he has that famous quote of like, organizations win championships, players don't, which is obviously not something you want to say in public. Yeah. Like that would just piss off your players. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're going to get to Kraus in a little bit too. Um, so right after the title, there's the dream team. Um, and then before the Olympics, we have the controversy, with Isaiah Thomas not making the team. Um, so th- this has been a, you know, such a hot debate uh, since 92. When you guys look at the situation, uh, like what side do you, do you really take in this? Because it's really controversial, I think. I don't know. I'll let Christian go first. The, I'm sorry. I, I totally spaced out. You're, <laughs> you're talking about the Olympics. Yeah. With Isaiah not being on the team. Cause he obviously was one of the best players in the league at the time but he he wasn't on the team so like i'm saying which uh how, like how do you look at this situation and like who do you think was in the right and who was wrong i have no problem with him being left off absolutely mm-hmm. none i, I yeah. have no problem i mean mm-hmm. if you're trying to build a team and, and and the chemistry and you're really the first time you're having pros you want it to be camaraderie you already have 12 alphas or however many is on the team and you're just going to bring on another one who's, who doesn't get along with them. You got, you got Levin and then Christian Leitner. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. But then you, every team has that, you, uh, that just like lamb that they just bring along. I mean, they did it in 2012. I think it was Anthony Davis. But going back to, to this, I have no problem with him being left off, especially if the best players say doesn't, they, none of them get along. I think yeah. the biggest thing was is that Bird didn't get along with him Magic didn't get along with him. And then Jordan. I think the misconception is it's just Jordan. 
and Jordan said, hey, no, you're not coming on because I don't like you. The majority of them didn't like him. So yeah. I had no problem with him being left off. I mean, it, it, it is what it like, is. It seemed like he had beef with, like, all the big players. Like, I, I know Magic was close with him, but even at the time, Magic had some beef, too, because of some comments he made about um, HIV and stuff like that. Uh, Bob, what do you think? Do you agree with Christian? Yeah, and uh, 100%, I agree with everything he said. It's just, like, even from Isaiah's perspective, you have to see, like, like half the league doesn't like you. Like probably the reason that you're not on the team for him to like be confused about that is kind of weird to me, but yeah, he, if you're going to play that bad boy card through the whole league, that's kind of stuff that happens to you. you know? Yeah. I just um, think I'm biased. I'm just biased. I don't like the bad boys. So, you know, <laughs> I really don't care. About his, his claim was like, <laughs> I have the credentials for it, but it's, it's way more than that. Like obviously it's about the camaraderie and stuff. So, Right, and if you have, like, beef with every single player, all the big names on that team, then, yeah, they're not they're not going to want you. Like, even Scotty obviously had beef, and MJ, of course. Yeah, I wouldn't even apply for it. Like, I would just be like, all right, this is probably not going to happen. Yeah. I should say that, like, Isaiah was a great player, you know, one of the greatest point guards of all time. But, yeah, due to the situation, I, I think it's understandable why he wasn't on that team. Yeah. So, we it's have like that. He made a difference. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's not like he made a difference. They smacked everybody by thirty-five. Like, yeah, thought they, like he was actually going to make a, game. a difference. They didn't need him. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't need lose him. a game. They it, literally did not lose. They didn't even call a timeout. Not only did they not. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that they didn't call a timeout. Like they said, I think you might talk about it later, but they said Tony Kucho. Kucho they better. If you look at the final score, they lost by four. <laughs> <laughs> They need you, Zeke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think Isaiah would have been the is the reason like they would have made a difference at all. I agree with that. They just had – the team was too stacked. Too stacked. Uh, yeah, so before we get to the Olympics, we had the legendary practice, which, you know, we, we see some tape of it. I wish they would release the whole thing because someone has it somewhere, um, you know, which is the practice between MJ and uh, Magic Johnson. So when you – I think you guys have, as basketball fans, you guys have seen the, the videos of that before, right? Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite clip to ever pull up. You know, it, it's uh, it's one of those things that you just want to watch as an athlete because it's just candidness of the great players. They don't care who's watching. You know, they're saying whatever they want. Yeah. And, you know, you don't obviously don't see that in the NBA setting. And, like, when else are you going to get, like, those many Hall of Famers together? for one game of basketball. Um, uh, that's just legendary stuff. So the Olympics start, um, you know, the USA team obviously runs through everybody. Um, and then they face Croatia and Tony Kukoc. And Kraus, he really liked Tony Kukoc. You know, he, he was uh, scouting him. He went all the way to Croatia and was looking to sign him. And I've, that rubbed yeah. uh, Scotty Pippen the wrong way because he was going to sign him before he gave Scotty a new deal. Um, which is obviously more tension. So just talk about, uh, you know, Kraus and Kukoc and Pippen's uh, situation over there. I don't know. It was just pure disrespect for to Pippen, what uh, Jerry Kraus was doing to him. And it also affected Kukoc too, because this guy was just kind of like, you know, like a third party here. Right. Just trying to, you know, be the best player that he can be, but gets into this shitty situation where, like, 
two of the top five players hate you. Like, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> and you, you know, like, like you said, he like they don't even know me. You know? <laughs> yeah, they didn't even know the dude. They just, <laughs> they just saw this guy as like some dude that's trying to take their job. You know? It's yeah, like, yeah. That's all Jerry Cross is doing. Unfortunate. Um, I believe he had three points that game, Tony Kukoc, which and they got beat down by like thirty five. Um, yeah, just talk about being thrown in the fire. Uh, one of the themes that we see in this documentary is that Michael Jordan just eviscerates anything that Jerry Krause likes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, but I did like how they, they went back to, to Tony Kukoc and they played again in the gold medal game and he had a better game um, because he was a great player. You know, he was mm-hmm. on, the, on the Bulls, obviously like the third or fourth guy on that team, but he was, he was a good player. Yeah, no, mad respect for him to do that, dude. That's like a real tough feat. But that just they did a good job of showing like where his toughness came from. And, you know, during that time when he was his country was going through civil war. So yeah, mad respect. Right. And so USA obviously wins the gold. And I, I it was really interesting because I as someone who was, you know, born way before the time, I thought it was really interesting that Jordan covered the uh, Reebok logo that was on the Olympic uh, uniforms. So, Christian, what did you think about that, that him taking the U.S. flag and just covering that logo? You know, that was one That was one of the things, and it happens often in the documentary. I didn't know that. I'm not going to pretend like I, I had no idea of that. <laughs> uh, so, when he was, so when he was, like, talking about that, I was like, oh, my gosh, is he just going to come out in a different jacket? And I was like, oh, that's, he had the flag. I had no idea. So, you know, I – I think that's just, again, Jordan being a trendsetter without even trying. Like, I just don't, I think he just does whatever he wants and he knows he can get away with it. And that's just, that's kind of Jordan's mentality. And, um, but again, it, it's one of those things where he's just going to do whatever he wants to do. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but again, it probably was because it was the dream team and all that. But, um, but that, that was my take. I had no idea. So I was actually, that was one of the cooler things that I saw. Yeah, same. I had no idea either. I thought no, I've seen pictures of him wearing the flag, but I thought it was just you know he's wearing the flag. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a yeah. a message behind that. But I no, think dude, that was sorry, Dev. I did go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm gonna say it's like I think if that happened today, it wouldn't really be a big deal. We'd be like, oh, we understand. But back then, it was you know, you know, that was more of a statement. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Bob. Yeah. yeah, no, I was just to add to that, like that just shows like you know like individual rights, like he shouldn't have to wear exactly what Reebok tells him to. Like he, he's the one that won that gold. So, I mean, like, yeah. It's up to them. Yeah. It was super dope for him to show like, yeah, I could, I could wear what I want. Yeah. Um, So then the documentary kind of goes into kind of like the political or like the non-political activism, I guess that Michael Jordan got into. There was the, the Senate seat between Jesse Gant and Jesse Helms, the, uh, you know, the, the, the dude that he was super unflattering, you know, he, he was racist and he had a lot of, a lot of like, strange comments. Um, and Michael Jordan had that comment of saying Republicans buy Nikes too. Like I'm sure you guys know that statement, but when you hear that, uh, what, what first sticks out to you? Like, do you take that seriously or does that make you uh, just look at MJ differently? I didn't really hear your question, Dev, but... Yeah, you're going to have to repeat uh, that. I think during... And I, I'm just going to elaborate already. Mm-hmm. I, I think during that time, everything was so magnified in terms of 
the race and and it being such a with having an african-american uh politician i think it was just crazy to see and then all of a sudden the biggest star doesn't support him in his home state yeah you know and i think that rubbed people the wrong way but again he i I, i'm actually on jordan's point of view like i'm not big on politics and again athletes can do whatever they want and being activists and that's fine but it it, you don't have to be one that's not your if you choose to be yes but you shouldn't be forced to be an activist just because you have a platform that's not your job because then you are splitting you are splitting yourself you are splitting your market because at that point, you already saw that Jordan cares about his market, right? The flag and everything. Yeah. So why would that change his view? Republicans buy Nikes too, uh, is a famous comment. Bob, yeah. what are your thoughts on that, on Jordan kind of being absent from, from political discourse? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, at first when I was watching, I was kind of like flipping back and forth. But I like, I'm, I'm with Christian, like Jordan has the right to, be an activist or not like he's an athlete at first so if he wants to be an activist and you know step into that lane yeah more power to him but he like it just showed how real he really is and he doesn't step into a moment just because he feels pressured to be like he stuck to his his own gut and he's like you know I don't need to throw in all this stuff I on a person I don't really know so right the thing is the media the media didn't even talk about how he did like donate for Harvey and stuff like that. So like a lot of it was the media undoing just the onslaught that they wanted to have on Michael Jordan, which was, you know, terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the themes uh, we're about to get to actually is, is how the media kind of turned on him a little bit in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought Obama, you know, it's great that we have Obama in this documentary and he said that Jordan was trying to just learn to manage his, his huge image. You know, he was such a giant figure, arguably the most popular person on earth. So, you know, I can't imagine what type of responsibility and what goes through his head, you know, back then. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He just must, you know, have so many things going on through his mind. So I, I, I can't blame him for, for staying out of that. Um, you know, yeah. and you to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dad. go finish. I just said, you can't tell someone to, what to do with politics. Um, you can't tell someone yeah. if they should or should. Yeah, dude. How do you get mad but at I someone for not go- doing something? Yeah, and, and my thing is, and it's funny because he talked about how he did. He he said, if I could change one thing, like I don't want to be a role model. Right. Like yeah. he said that, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> that's crazy." And I just goes to show, like he just, I don't think he expected how much he was going to be loved by the world, and that, and it caught him by yeah. surprise, and yeah. now he's he's really, he doesn't have anybody to refer to. Right. You know, like um, now, now people can go back a day and, and see, but he didn't. He was just kind of going on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the great things about this documentary, and there's a lot of things, is uh, all the golden Jordan quotes. Like, he was like, yeah, if, if um, you know, you don't look at me as a role model, then yeah, you should look for somebody else, you know, because I'm not <laughs> a role model. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go look at Clyde. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. then he comes to the thing where like, it's like you know, you're in kids' commercials, like, oh, I want to be like Mike and stuff. So, I guess you can see the both sides. But yeah, yeah so, I think it's just, I think he was fine with 
being the role model, to be honest, until it really just hit that peak after the Olympics when he became just like that global phenomenon. It's just yeah. like the biggest yeah. guy in the world. So, And he was just someone who wanted, who's going to do whatever he wanted to, not listen to anybody else. Uh, you know, I wouldn't tell yeah. him what, what he should and shouldn't be doing. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I think one of the themes in this two episodes was kind of the backlash that Jordan got from the media and, and everybody else. So we get into episode six and, you know, it's a, it's a well-known thing that Jordan loves gambling. You know, he, he gambled all the time. We saw he was like, you know, throwing quarters with that uh, dude before a game with the security guard. <laughs> yeah, the security guard, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Jordan Rules book comes out by Sam Smith in the 92-93 season. You get a ton of backlash for being, uh, you know, bad stories about him, you know, yelling at teammates, cussing them out, being a dick, being an asshole. Um, and there's a comment of MJ saying, I'm going to get Jerry Krause fired, which goes back to, to Phil Jackson. And Phil had to go into uh, Jerry Krause's office and Jerry like highlighted or whatever. And, <laughs> and just, yeah. you know, just had to read every single quote back to him. Um, so yeah, talk to, is it, what do you guys think about the Jordan Rules book? And like, do you, is, did you see kind of, uh, you know, where it was coming from? Or do you think it was too harsh on, on Michael Jordan? I'm interested to see what, what Christian has to say about this. I, I, it's one of those things where you got to, the media is going to find something. They're going to find anything, you know? And I think being at such a high platform, you would ex- assume that someone like Jordan is like on a pedestal and is the nicest guy and, and gets things done and is the ultimate people person, but he's not, mm-hmm. he's not Matt. He's not magic Johnson. Who's going to be this smiley, Let's do it, gung ho, kumbaya. It's not. Yeah. It's not him. And I think when people found that out, they were surprised. But again, right. he was still winning. What, what, what can you say? Right? It, it's getting the job yeah. done. And I think it's just one of those things where the media, and I think you see it with LeBron, they're just going to find him. It just so happened there was a book, and Jerry Krause, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Here we go again with another Jerry story. So Yeah, no, that guy, was, oh, I hate that dude, but. With Jordan's gambling, I don't know. I think, like, at, so at what point was it, like, did it hurt the team or was it, like, dangerous for his family? Like, never. So, like, to say that he was, like, an addict to gambling and stuff was just so, like, out of line. And, um, and you know, like, people, like, talk about how he spent, like, 50000 or 100000 whatever he owed. Like, that's chunk change for that guy. Like, in a way people can't understand. So, it was – Let I me – did think, they – did, did they say he was an addict in the book? Did they talk about his gambling? Did Sam Smith talk about that in the book? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, remember he was talking about uh, that. Who was that one guy, the golf guy that was like... Oh, uh, Slim Buller. Slim Buller. <laughs> yeah, he lost like a, a huge sum of money uh, in a golf bet. And uh, we're going to get to it, but he went to Atlantic City before, like during a playoff series when they're playing against the Knicks. I want to ask you guys, though, in the book, there was a... A quote unquote a snitch, um, and it might have been Horace Grant, might have been B.J. Armstrong, but allegedly there was mm. someone who like ratted to Sam Smith about what happened behind the scenes. Do you guys have any uh, suspicion on who it was? <laughs> Man, that was Horace Grant. <laughs> the way he answered the question, he said, "No, I did not." You, he was lying through the camera. Yeah, he was smiling. That dude. was Horace Grant, man. Oh my! He's like, goodness. so what if we're like best friends? <laughs> Why? Well, right, you save yourself up. Like, you know, you say he that. Just said, he, 
He had a fantastic relationship with Sam. How are you gonna say that? Yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that. Like, no other player said, "Oh, I had a great relationship with this reporter." Yeah. <laughs> oh I my god! Until that moment, uh, BJ Armstrong was a little suspicious too, oh. because uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, we Damn. all talk." <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. That was Lawrence a good. Grant was lying through the teeth. Oh my he goodness! Couldn't, he couldn't keep a straight face, dude. I knew that when it panned to him, he was going to say something like that. <laughs> they, they were finally going to go to Horace Grant. <laughs> like, Jordan was adamant about it, too. He was like, oh, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was hard. You don't <laughs> think Jordan's going to figure out who did it? Like, come on. Oh, man, that was um, so funny. I thought that was hilarious. And where, what happened to Horace? He got traded to the Magic. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did, unfortunately. Um, so now we're going to jump to the 93 playoffs, specifically when they played against the Knicks. Uh, the Bulls go down 2-0 against a, a pretty good Knicks team. You know, you got Patrick Ewing, John Starks, a lot of talent on that team. And then MJ goes to Atlantic City, which caused a lot of backlash. There's like, you know, why would he go, you know, this is during a playoff series. Could you imagine uh, right now someone just dipped to uh, Vegas or whatever during a, the playoffs? Like if LeBron did oh that. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine what your brother would do if LeBron went to, to <laughs> uh, Vegas to gamble. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. And Lakers are down 2-0. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that would be terrible. Um, yeah, so this is one one part of the documentary where I think MJ kind of exaggerated the truth because he said, "Oh, you know, it's no big deal. I was back by like twelve thirty. It's like, dude, no, you weren't. <laughs> uh, I was watching an interview today, and it said that he said twelve thirty one. Yeah, he said <laughs> Atlantic City is four hours from New York. It's not close. Like, it's a four hour drive. So you're telling me MJ went at like. He went at like what five? <laughs> Joe four hours was there so for like, like an hour he, or two and then so came he, back. He said he, left, he said he left at noon, so that'd be there. He got there at like four. So he and was there for like a couple hours and then leaves yeah, at like stayed eight at or something. Or no, no, he'd have to leave around like eight or nine. Yeah, I'm totally seeing this in a different light. The guy went to go gamble and <laughs> kicked their ass the next four games. Yeah, I don't think they lost. Yeah, they went four straight. And like the thing, dude, the, and that series was a nut. They yeah, triple overtime. I didn't know. And like, I didn't the, know a lot about that. That really gave me perspective of like, that's some like real ass basketball. Like, it's not any of that like soft shit. Like, that <laughs> was like straight like prison yard basketball. So, oh, but, and I think I saw I saw I, I know that, yeah I think Dev said what were you gonna say Dev? I was gonna say the triple overtime game was in the finals against the Suns. Suns. Yeah. Oh, I, was, shit, I, was thinking, I was thinking that. But no, to your point, though, that was extremely mm-hmm. physical, but I didn't know that Pat Riley was the coach during that time. I, oh, I, yeah. I think we knew I, a little bit, but yeah. that's just another tangent. But Pat Riley, man, <laughs> that guy is just anywhere he goes. Is, legend. He's just been there. Oh, my there. gosh. Yeah. Legend. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anywhere he goes. Just winning. <laughs> but I mean, that, man, that, the hair. That even says he, Pat Riley can't win, help the Knicks win. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jordan yeah. got in the way. Yeah, sorry. I mean, uh, you, have so much, way. you have so much talent on this team. You know, Greg Anthony, Anthony Mason, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Charles Oakley, Doc Rivers. Um, you know, great a great Knicks team, which I believe won um, uh, you know, sixty games and were first in the division. So, yeah, that was uh, I think one of the toughest series that Jordan's faced in his uh, playoff career. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, the Bulls 
win four straight. Then they face off against the Suns, which were also a, a great team. Um, and, you know, uh, after this documentary, I've been hearing a lot about Draymond and just what he's been saying about Sir Charles. So can we just talk about how ridiculous <laughs> Draymond Green sounds watching Charles Barkley play basketball in the finals? I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. The things Charles Barkley did to Draymond is just not, it's not okay. I think he would drop a triple-double easy money. <laughs> And blocked no Draymond at least three times. I actually like Draymond too. I'm an advocate for Draymond. You know, best, and I best like his in the defense. <laughs> best and defense. Honestly, he's a really good defender in the post and all that stuff. But my, <laughs> no doubt, no but, doubt, a great. No, that's Ti- that's Tiago Splitter. <laughs> Is he still Tiago league? Splitter? No, <laughs> he's been out. <laughs> Chuck doesn't get the 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 respect he he deserves, and uh, no. it's probably because the image he has he has now. And is, yeah, which is not a bad thing. But but yeah, the guy I I I'm learning about how good he was too. But I never thought that Draymond was even close. I mean, the fact that the just you you just say that Draymond uh, that Charles won an MVP, like, right? <laughs> that alone should end all conversations, whether you know stats or not. You know, and, and yeah. To to add to that, it was while Jordan was in the league, so like you don't they don't hand out MVPs. <laughs> yeah, even like you don't get it. Like yeah. my goodness. Yeah, to win to win, you can say it was like fatigue or something. You know, LeBron kind of dealt with that. Um, but when Jordan in his prime, winning MVP, you know, he led the Suns to the number one record in the West, and honestly, he just took it to the Bulls. They come up came up short. Um, John Paxson doesn't hit that three. You know, who knows what happens? It goes to game seven. Uh, you know, anything could have yeah. happened in that. Look yeah. at those. Uh, and I'm looking at your screen. Look at those scores. Yeah, all there's close games. Blowout. There's one blowout. I don't even think there's any blowout. Yeah. yeah. Like, those are – that was a, a head-to-head matchup. So, and I, I don't want to go on a tangent too much about um, about this because I know we have other things to talk about. But Jordan didn't just play like these nons. Like, I, I don't understand – the plumbers, that, the plumbers that, narrative. That, that narrative. And I, yeah. I get it. It's obviously the skill has increased, especially in today's NBA with people starting younger and then de- developing much, yeah. much better. But and just the teams just have more good players on them. Right. In general. Dude, it had like eight main players. Yeah. That you would know off the top of your head that any basketball player, any basketball uh, watcher would know. know. You know what right I mean? Now. Look at that. Marley, Barkley, KJ, like Danny Ainge. Tom Chambers, too. Tom Chambers. Like, come on. Yeah, that's when people people say Jordan played a bunch of accountants, plumbers. Like, it's such a ridiculous narrative. Like, we saw he had to go through a great Knicks team the series before. year before, had to go against a a good Blazers team, too. You know, Clyde, one of the best shooting guards of all time. It's just – Obviously, with evolution, you know, players get bigger, faster, stronger. But Michael Jordan was just different. And, like, if you put MJ in today's game, like, of course he would dominate, you know? As, as with LeBron, if you took him back there. But, you know, you can't, you can't compare apples to oranges because you don't know exactly what happened. But, but yeah, why are you holding prisoner to that? I don't know. I really don't. This is something I was probably going to ask later. It was, like, looking at it, like, 
with how the NBA plays now, like a lot of hand checks and like just fouls galore. But like everyone's way more athletic and quicker and just like can jump out the gym. So it's really hard to tell if Michael would be able to be as dominant or more or less dominant in today's game. I think MJ would definitely focus on his threes for sure. Like he would make sure that he had that part of his game down. He did. Um, he was a shot maker. Like if you just watch Kobe, that was him. And Kobe killed everybody. Killed. If you watch yeah, Keyshawn Johnson, K I L D. Kobe was everybody. like the like the evolution of Michael if he was in this year in this this NBA. So but why is that even a conversation? Why are you gonna hold mm-hmm. somebody prisoner to their time? Jordan doesn't decide who 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 he plays. Exactly. He kicked everybody's yeah. ass. Yeah. He never lost. No, he kicked everybody's ass. So what more did you want? You didn't lose. Yeah. And I am, I'm not a Jordan advocate for one. I'm just saying, like, don't hold somebody prisoner to their time. Like, they don't have control over that. Like, that's yeah. dumb. On the flip side, though, like, do you think LeBron's going to f- have to face that same thing? You know, he, I'm yeah. sure he thinks he's the greatest of all time. But it's just that Jordan was such a larger figure, you know, so yeah, much more than basketball. But, like, if you – yeah, and if you go back, if you put LeBron, honestly, back then, like, he might – have some ridiculous plays, but I don't know if he would go fucking six and zero in the finals. You know, he would go up against Charles Barkley's team and win it. I think Jordan was just the one guy that was able to beat all these guys. He just he had that it's killer. Say, I mean, like, yeah, like we just you know, we just don't know. You can't you can't put people back in different eras. You know, we just all we can do is just just take a guess. We had some. We get we get bitched a couple times ago. <laughs> <laughs> think so Bob I don't know those guys are fucking rough dude yeah it's I mean as nice it is than NBA today they're probably less skilled players back then but they were a lot more physical a lot more brutal in the paint and the fouls were just so like crazy like, I don't know if LeBron was able to handle but hey he's proven me wrong before all we can do is uh, guess <laughs> but man he plays for the Lakers I don't say much anymore yeah I That's mean he's true. on he's on the squad <laughs> now I'm not going to be a hater anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll say that for sure. Anyways, so <laughs> so we, the Bulls are up 3-1, and everyone in Chicago is celebrating, and they're acting like they're going to win the title. Um, the Suns come back and win game five in Chicago. It shows you how, how much resilience that team has. Then there's a great game six where John Paxson hits a you know game-winning shot. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of, you know, you know, Sasha back in the day, Derek Fisher, when he would – when we needed a big shot from someone that wasn't a superstar, it would come through. Uh, it's funny how that theme kind of, kind of stays true in, in all basketball, you know, no matter what year it is, like you always need your role players to step up in the finals. What do you guys think? 100%. We saw with John Paxson in 91. Yeah. And I think the, and, you know, and, and I think in any triangle offense, uh, like design team, they're going to have that player, you know, that just like it naturally creates that you're going to have a double team and that guy's going to be open, you know, and, it, and it's just going to happen. And that play that packed into the shot, it wasn't even a triangle. It was a broken play, to be honest. That was a broken play. But it was a broken play. But still, it, 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 it just goes to show, like, that's what that whole team designed. It's designed that way to have spot-up okay. shooters and, and yeah. your point guard. Yeah, it's it, it designed that way. But – um. But yeah, 
You know, watching this documentary, it kind of makes me think that not only were the Bulls great, not only was Jordan great, but they were also very fortunate too. Like very fortunate mm-hmm. in times where they had to have shots go down, and they did. Uh, every championship team, man. Wait, yep. let's talk. Let's talk about that defense sequence where they just like blocked Ewing or who was it that they blocked like three times in a row? Just oh, didn't they're like Charles Smith. Charles Smith. Charles Smith. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That that won them a that won them a game that basically won them the series. So. Yeah, dude. typical they Knicks not, fashion. <laughs> they're not trying to lose at all. They just couldn't give it up. It's yeah. just far and above any other team. It, it's not even close. Like the best player in that time was just head and shoulders above everybody, and it was it was ridiculous. And you surrounded him with a guy like Scotty. I was just like, I mean, like pure confidence and one of the best defenders I've ever, probably the best defender I've ever seen. Honestly, one of the best. I think teammates Jordan could have ever had. Like, could you imagine having like a perfect a perfect for the Batman? Yeah, exactly. Um, he kind of reminds me of Kawhi a little bit, you know. Um, I think, but you can say Kawhi's both Jordan and Pippen at the same time. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> Kawhi's not the scorer that he is, but Kawhi's you know a, yeah. a legendary defensive player in his own right. Would you guys say yeah. that's accurate, or what do you think? I would say he's a milder version of both of those players. I could agree with that. I think Kawhi's uh, going to go down as greater than Pippen, though. No, like, if you combine them both, like, that together makes him better. But, like, he's probably not as good as a overall defender. Like, I mean – Post, too. Um, Scotty has post defense, perimeter defense. So does Kawhi, though. Look, I uh, it's going to go back to the championships. Yeah, I mean, how but think did, about it. He, Kawhi has two, uh, two finals MVPs. You know, he was the main guy in both of them. Scotty has six, but he was, you know, number two every single <laughs> year. So it kind of, you kind of have to like look at it from perspective. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Kawhi is just a, a, a um, animal in his own right. I don't yeah. think you could compare him to. And his career's not even close to finish. So you know, who yeah, knows? Like he's so athletic and quick, like. Yeah, he's pretty, yeah. Honestly, he's let me ask you this: What if Pippen had? What if Pippen had desired to go on his own team? Yeah, I mean that's a great, look at his numbers when Jordan wasn't there. That's oh. it. That's a great one. Yeah, look at those two out. years Jordan wasn't there. Ridiculous. You know, and I think he was just a prisoner of again, like his situation. Like he decided yeah. to, I'm going to be a part of this, but he could have easily just went on. Let me just let me just do my own thing. And that's what Kawhi's doing. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, 100%. it's different, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he did have a good season. I believe he was like top five, top six in MVP voting both of these years. Um, I think they won 50-plus games in both seasons. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, I think, I think that happened. But, uh, but yeah. That's, he, he averaged 21 and then he averaged 19. That's all-star numbers during that time, for sure. Yeah, dude. The dub, a game. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> no scrub. Yeah, dude. So. Yeah, we're just talking, Christian, like you said, um, the Bulls were just, you know, above and beyond every other team. So possibly one of the greatest teams that we've seen is, uh, you know, the Warriors. How would you guys compare the Warriors with KD to, to the Bulls of the 90s? 
Wow. I mean, it's, I think, damn. Put your going to guard Steph? <laughs> Who's going to guard Steph? Like, I just went through the matchups in my head, and I was like, it seems pretty even, but Steph is just such an outlier. Um, and the pace of basketball is just so quick. I don't even know how the Bulls would keep up. That's just, I mean, I'm I think, biased, though. And I think I, I, I agree with that. But, you know, with the, with the way the, that triangle is played, it's naturally designed to slow that pace down. Yeah. Where when, when, they're, when the Warriors were faced to play at a slower pace, they when LeBron did it, they struggled. Because mm-hmm. then the possessions were down. Um, it turned into a, a more physical game, a half-court game. Yep. And, and they struggled. Just but as soon as it started to pick up, yeah, as soon as it picked up, obviously they're, you're not going to beat them because by nature they're just more shot makers, and the yeah, number of possessions go up. Point, that means more point points are going to get. So, I, I would imagine that Scotty would be on stuff. You know, I, I'd love to see that matchup with both of them in their prime. What? He's, that would not what happen. Hell is guarding? Do you serious, dude? You really think Scotty's going to guard stuff? KD. Is he going to take? got Jordan on stuff? Yes. And then you'll have like Harper or someone on fucking uh, Clay, running them around. What year? What what Bulls year is this that we're, that you're comparing? Yeah, it to? what year we're we talking about? Let's uh let's do '96 since that was a the '72 win team. Was Ron Harper on that team? I think he I I I you know I'm gonna go out a limb and say he wasn't. Mm-hmm. I I don't think Ron was on that team. He was on the Lakers at some point. I remember. I mean, he was on the Lakers afterwards, but I think it yeah, was still I mean, like that Paxson. Just put up the squad real quick, Dad. What are you looking at all these advanced anal- analytics for? <laughs> chill, chill. Okay, the right one. There you go. Uh, Ron was on the team. Yeah, he was on I the team. Ron is on the team. Okay, so, again, there you go. it matches up well, in my opinion. Like, they already play small ball. You, you go, what, Scotty on KD. You go Jordan on Steph, and then Harper. What Ron on 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 Clay, and yeah. it doesn't matter after that. So, like, so you that? you flip it. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Who's Steph gonna guard? You know, and I think that's he's gonna tire himself out so much, just running around chasing whoever he has to. Uh, I don't know because the Warriors doesn't. They do a really good job of hiding. They hiding on on defense. Yeah, that's true. They do a really good job of hiding him. So I don't think. That's such a stupid narrative, and I love Maverick Carter, but it is what it is. <laughs> that was stupid. That was so dumb. <laughs> um, I'm not even gonna. Get I mean, to yeah, that. let's not let's not even get to that. We don't need to talk about the nonsense that Draymond gets into. <laughs> yeah, and then Draymond and uh, Dennis negate each other. Dennis would uh, eat up yeah. D- Dennis, Dennis is much would... better. Dennis is much. Oh my god, he would just sit on Draymond the whole game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, he, uh, you what understand how much they watch out. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> no, no, I agree. I, we're on. We're okay. making the same point for sure. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right, I'm biased, but I think the 0-1 Lakers beat all these yeah. teams. Uh, right, let's move on. <laughs> no one's guarding Shaq. <laughs> yeah, whatever plan you have to guard Shaq, you know, do that. But then you have Yobi on the other side, just ready to kill you. Yeah, Dennis is a great player, legendary Hall of Famer, but Shaq would eat him for lunch and dinner. 
Prime and, Shack? And then Shomik would come in. And then Shomik's coming in. Oh, but Ben Wallace. <laughs> yeah, knock it off. Stupid. Godly. Oh, man. Um, was, respect to that Pistons team because they, they kicked our ass. But if the Lakers really wanted to, they had their shit together. You know, who knows what would happen. <laughs> I don't even want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, that's All a right. different story. <laughs> All right, let's jump to the 98 season, which is what the documentary sent around. It starts with the All-Star game, which had uh, Kobe Kobe Bryant's first game. And, uh, you know, it was great seeing everybody in the locker room talk about that little Laker boy, talk about his game. Um, and just Jordan saying, like, yeah, he's going to take everybody one-on-one. So as the Laker fans, the Kobe fans that we are, you know, what, what was going through you guys' head when you saw that? I mean, if there was another moment for Kobe to have, like, the jitters and, like, just, like, not sh- come up for the moment, that would be one of them. But I, I think it was just dope how he just showed up and was out there to play and ball out, you know, in true Kobe fashion. Right. Uh, he always – uh, the candidness. The moment. Yeah. I was saying yeah, I, I love the candidness about, like, everybody talking in locker room, you know. And, and and it's cool because Kobe's not Kobe yet. I think that's what makes this so cool is because these guys aren't these guys yet that we know obviously had that 20-year career and all that. But these guys, yeah. are, this is some 18-year-old. Right, right. Um, and, um, he's still talking like a kid, dude. It's crazy. Such a mind, yeah. mind, mind trip. Yeah. Um, yeah just awesome. like, like you said, you see, like legendary players, you know, Patrick Ewing, all that Eastern Reggie Miller, like just – them talking about a young Kobe is pretty crazy because you could tell like he was on everybody's radar even in 98 you know he was voted to the starting team even though he wasn't starting on the Lakers at the time um and yeah. right away you know, Harris. yeah and <laughs> MJ had had respect for him and you know he even told Kobe like yo if you have any questions or anything let me know like hit me mm-hmm. up um and you know I'll, I'll give you some tips and in the in the lockout season, Kobe used to call MJ all the time and just get pointers from him. So yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was it was uh, great to see Kobe, you know, show how much respect he had for MJ. Where he said, "You don't get five rings, you know, from me without him." You can tell how much yeah. he, he looked up to MJ. Yeah, and it was kind of I don't know when I was younger and like growing up with with seeing this stuff, I kind of just saw Kobe as kind of like a showboat, more of a showboater, but like seeing this documentary showed how humble he actually was and like just ready to, the guy that was just ready to learn and just take everything in. So, I mean, just like attitude, pure greatness. No, that's a good point. And that was actually where I was going to go with it next is because people think like they only know that story of, Hey, uh, when, when I think Jordan came into a practice and said, I'm going to beat you one-on-one and that whole, that whole deal. And then people that turned a lot of people off, on Kobe, like on how arrogant yeah. he was, yeah. but you don't know this. You don't. You're just finding this out now on how humble and, and and things like that. But he has that. He just has that Jordan mentality where you're just gonna. I'm just gonna kill you, and I, I don't really yeah. care who you are. But they don't really see how humble he was and and stuff like that. So I think it, it was good for people to see. Like and then for me, like he he really looked up to him like a lot. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you might have relied not on that. him a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great seeing Kobe. I hope we uh, we oh, get to Kobe. Him. Him again. Yeah, I hope we get to see more of his interview. I don't know if they're gonna show anything more, any more footage of that. 
but um yeah i'm, I'm sure they have like a nice little <laughs> nice phone I'm, I'm sure they have yeah. like a, a nice interview going on um with them. but yeah, yeah it, was, it was good to see kobe uh, as i think we all were happy to see him you know what what i really want to know like during that time, you didn't know who Kobe was going to be. And I always thought about this. Like, I wish I was older during that time so I could watch. But who is who was he like then? Because you didn't know who he was going to be. You didn't. But he was coming mm-hmm. off the bench. Like, who would he compare uh, to now? You know what I mean? Uh, who can you say came off the bench and ended up being the best player, like, in the league? James Harden, I guess. But, like, yeah. that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, dude. I think like Paul George, maybe Paul George was kind of like a role player at first. He, you have to understand, Kobe blossomed. came straight out of high, like just straight out of high school. Yeah, and like literally the whole world was hyping this full up. And he had the infamous air balls against the Utah Jazz. Yeah, and he comes back from that, dude. Uh, that's just yeah, a story that how. just doesn't make sense. Like so well written. I guess James Harden would be, uh, I guess his. A more similar career path. Yeah, but he hasn't done shit. He, he hasn't done shit in the playoffs, Dev. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, here we go. No, Ew, chill. Look, man, winning is a team <laughs> achievement. No, think about what. Think about what Kobe's numbers would be if he had those three years back. Oh yeah, you saw like the dunk. I sent I sent Christian a, a video on Instagram, or I think it was in the NBA talk, of him yamming on Josh Smith. <laughs> and then hitting like that, that game. Oh, against that, the Hawks. Game, yeah, dude. Straight killer. This is ridiculous. He I took off from like ridiculous. halfway from the free throw line, bro. Yeah, like let's say Kobe was put on like a, a garbage team at the time, like a lottery team. Uh, his numbers would be a lot better, obviously, than than what we saw because he, he averaged like seven, eight points his first three seasons because he barely got any minutes. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting. What if he, he would have a be a lot higher on the highest, the most points of all time list. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's get to uh, Jordan's last game in Madison's Garden. Like we were saying, he was wearing the ones, dropped 55, um, you know, was bleeding on both feet. Um, you look at, you look at Madison Square Garden, as, as people who live in LA, like, do you guys look at that stadium as like the Mecca of basketball? Or what do you guys think when you look at MSG? No. I just see a massive, massive, massive stadium. No no history, though. But, like, people – no, like, history that they, that other players have done in the, in the stadium. Yeah, I feel like but, as people who have been born, you know, post-94, all, all the greatest moments I've seen in that stadium has been by, you know, opposing teams. All they have is uh, fucking Carmelo and um, Jeremy Lin. Those are like the best highlights that they have. So, so Christian, you don't you don't look at that stadium uh, like you don't hold it in high regard at all. Uh, I don't, but it probably mm-hmm. only because I just don't like the Knicks. But I think people go out and just ball out because it's like you're playing in the biggest market in the in the in them in the world. You know, everybody, uh, the stars are out. I think during that time, it was, it was probably on another level than what we see yeah. now. But, like, in my opinion, like, that's not – how can you be the Mecca when you, you are pretty much a laughing stock right now? You're just a laughing stock. The worst team in the NBA, easy. Like Bobby said, 
it's <laughs> you are the Mecca because of other people. Like yeah. you are only the Mecca because of other people and the celebrity. I, I get where it's coming from because it's the Madison Square Garden and all that. Like it, it's an iconic place, but your history is based off of other people. <laughs> yeah. Like how is that? It's based off Kobe coming and dropping it's 50. Weird. Michael dro- coming and dropping 60, 50. 60. Oh, yeah, sorry. 61. Yeah, he had the record at the time until Melo broke it. So. Fire James Dolan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Knicks fans because they're some of the most loyal fans that we have in the NBA. and But they've just been, you know, for most of our lifetimes, they've been... Anyone who's our age and a Knicks fan has only known pure terribleness. So. Exactly. Exactly. But, but but going back to the point that you're trying to make with, with Jordan wearing the shoes, I thought that was iconic, man. Like, when he was putting them on and, and he put them on and, and you just see it, like him walking out to the jump circle, and it's like yeah. zoomed in on his shoes. Like, <laughs> I'm just like nostalgic probably during that time. Like, it's different for us because we, we didn't watch a lot, but Imagine, like, if you watched his whole career and then you're just watching him do that. Like, imagine yeah, if Kobe yeah. brought out, like, those Adidas shoes. I <laughs> just wore them. I'd be like, oh, dude, I had those. <laughs> like, and I think that was the last time he wore the Jordan ones. So, yeah, definitely a special moment for sure. <laughs> All right. So, so before we wrap things up to the trivia segment, um, this documentary has been filled with a bunch of great quotes uh, from everybody. Do you guys have one that just st- stuck out to you? Uh, last week, uh, Ron Harper had a great one when he talked about the shot. Uh, when he's on the Cavs, where he said that shit was fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that so bothered him to his day. Yeah, whatever. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> that was hilarious. Do you guys have one from this uh oh, this episode? Um, but if you're 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 putting us on the spot, Dev, putting yeah, us dude. on the spot. That's my didn't, plan. Didn't give us any warning about. That's my plan. That was my plan. Okay, I got. It, right, it's not a go, quote. Bob. Before you forget. Yeah, it's not a quote, <laughs> but it's just the the like my favorite scene was when he like almost hijacks the bus because he's not talking to the media, but Scotty's like oh trying yeah, to, yeah. trying good. to get on the bus and like they have a tea time for like you know. And he just runs into the bus, honks on the horn, just tells him to come. That was good. And then right, right before that, go ahead, go, go, Dad. I'm just going. Go, go, go. Technology, go. Right, right before I was gonna say, you see Dennis Rodman, like Phil Jackson's, like, yo, Dennis, where you going to the beach? He's like, nah, I'm going to Hooters to see some uh, ass and titties. Oh, no, my favorite, and I, I, you guys, I don't know how you missed this, but when they are talking about, um, when Jordan's talking about the beer, when they're drinking the beer after the oh, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes, uh, <laughs> yeah, these motherfuckers was, was drinking beer at halftime, a- and, <laughs> and he goes, yeah. and he goes, the cigarettes are coming, <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, nah. dude, no, and that you, goes back you to when they were like- talking about the coke. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the traveling circus. <laughs> yeah. But you'd be like, Scott, I Christian, just say, amen, don't catch me drinking beer. Hey, man, I can't be seen. I got an image to say. <laughs> 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 no, there's, there's, a lot of, there's so many good moments in all this. 
so many yeah, yeah so many great quotes and i love how candid mj's been um he just really hasn't held anything back which is what i, I wanted from this documentary so you you really can't complain uh, on the quality that we've gotten so far yeah nah i love it um so before we wrap things up i got a little trivia segment i got three questions um bob okay. let's go let's start with you what city was that famous practice held when the olympic team Oh damn! <laughs> no pressure, but Christian or Reese got three out of four last week. Damn! Reese got it right. Reese got three out of four oh. questions last week when we did trivia. Where would it be? Ah, I could see the gym. I, I can't. I don't know. All right, what is it? Christian, do you know? Is it Barcelona? Is it Barcelona? It's not Barcelona. It's uh, Monte Carlo. That was, ah. that was practice. Uh, That's where they practiced before they went to Barcelona. God damn it. All right. Um, Christian, who is that player on the 93 Suns that Krauss thought was pretty good? <laughs> Dan Marley. Dan Marley is correct. Um, and then we talked about this. We talked about this guy, uh, Bob, who was the famous hustler that Jordan had to pay. Oh, no. <laughs> we mentioned him. We mentioned him. <laughs> what was his name? Send me a lifeline. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, can I send a lifeline to Christian? <laughs> I mean, if you if you can think of it, I can't think of it. Like Christian, Christian, you know, uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Slim Buller. Slim Buller. Slim Buller. Slim yeah. Buller. Um, and bonus Ooh, points. Something. Bonus points to anyone who can guess the amount the check that Jordan had to give to him. Oh, fifty-two thousand. Nope, 57. 57. Damn. Oh, three for three. <laughs> uh, yeah, 57. $57,000 check they had to give to, to the hustler. Yeah, that's nothing. That's five bucks to us, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw something where it's like, <laughs> we're like 10 grand to George so a dollar to us. David Aldridge said it during the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. He goes, before I get into this, you gotta understand. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he does that. Uh, I appreciate you guys being on the show. Remember, you can catch us uh, on Twitter at DJ Sports Podcast or the email, which is at DJ Sports Pod at gmail.com. You know, this has been a great documentary and we're gonna keep talking about it. You guys have any last thoughts before you wrap this up? No, nah, it's been fun. Um, well, do you guys know what the next episodes are going to be about? Um, so I think it's going to be about uh, Jordan baseball and like oh. his dad, his dad passing away. Um, okay. Yeah, in the ninety. That's where it gets really interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be. There's there's still a lot they need to talk about. A lot. There's a lot that I I want to know about. But uh, no, it's cool. Soundtrack is fire. Oh, yeah, <laughs> soundtrack is fire. That's it on point. Like that that like, ending music, dude, with like just like the like the piano, or whatever. Yeah, the, the intro and the outro. And I love yeah. how they used Outcast <laughs> when they played when the Bulls were playing Atlanta. They used an Outcast song that was great, too. Mm, good catch, mm. good catch. Yeah. All right, yep, if you made it this far, thanks for listening, Christian and Bob. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate yeah, sure. it. Absolutely. Until next time. Yeah, till next time.
Okay. Alrighty. All right.